Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello there and welcome to the e-commerce podcast. My name is Matt Edmondson and this show is for all of us who are interested in e-commerce, who just love the concept of e-commerce and, you know, what we do with it and how it works and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And this is a show all about that. And if you are joining us on Facebook, a big fat welcome to you as well. Uh, if If this is your first time to listening to the show, uh, then you may not know we actually broadcast the recording on Facebook Live. So as we record the podcast, we broadcast it on Facebook Live because, you know, we wanted to add to the pressure, make it a little bit more complicated for ourselves. And also because we interview some amazing guests on the show, it's also a great chance for you to come along to the lives and meet the guests and get to ask your questions. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, obviously, wherever you get your podcast from. But if you, you know, If you happen to be on Facebook and you're browsing Facebook, just hit the like button on the Facebook page, join in with everybody else. And whenever we go live, we will give you a little notification saying we're going live uh, and you can come and join in the conversations and get to ask the amazing guests all the questions that you've got as well, which is just fantabulous. So uh, I hope you're doing well wherever you are, whatever it is you're doing right now. Uh, if you're in the car, hope you're doing it safely and driving, you know, well and uh, and good. It is it is the end of June at the time of recording. So in the UK, we are still in the midst of COVID lockdown. I don't know how you're getting on uh, in your part of the world, but it is still a little bit crazy here. I'm not going to lie. So I'm uh, quite happily just still working from home and still very, very grateful for my online businesses because, man, are they killing it right now. Um, sales are just really, really good. So I'm, I'm super psyched. So, uh, so I hope you're doing well online wherever you are as well. And if you're new to e-commerce, let me tell you, you've chosen a great thing to get involved with if you can get it right and do it right. Uh, And that's what this show is all about doing, trying to help you get your e-commerce set up right and well. Uh, We have a great guest tonight, Elle McCann, calling in from the States, who is a Shopify expert. And we are going to get to talk to her about all things Shopify. The title of this podcast is Fixing the Biggest Problems with Shopify. Uh, And... uh, which is I have no traffic and sales. Sorry, I just I lost my place in my notes there, but fixing the biggest problem with Shopify. I have no traffic. Um, I have traffic, sorry, but no sales is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Now, uh, before I introduce our guest and before we get into all this Shopify stuff, uh, let me just take a quick moment to thank the show sponsors because without them, the show wouldn't exist. Uh, number one would be Curious Digital, uh, my e-commerce platform of choice. Ironically, we're talking about Shopify tonight, um, which is great. And actually, Shopify is such a fab, fab, fab platform. I've done lots of stuff on Shopify. Uh, but, you know, if you're if you're in the market for something other than Shopify, check out Curious Digital. It's a really, really cool e-commerce platform. Uh, Like I say, I use it for all my own e-commerce businesses, and it really helps us to fly, let me tell you. Now, second uh, show sponsor is the Lightbulb Agency. They are an end-to-end e-commerce services business that do all of those parts of e-commerce that you don't want to do, or really don't have the skills to do, uh, or even the desire to do. Uh, So if you need some, some kind of help, whether it's with fulfillment or marketing, customer service, all those kind of things, check out Lightbulb Agency and they will be able to help you, I have no doubt. Uh, I refer them to so many people, so many guys use them uh, for their businesses. Lots of good stories coming out of those, uh, out of that, so do check them out. Now, enough of the show sponsors, let me tell you, uh, <laughs> we are going to be talking to L Now, L is, when I did my pre-call with Elle, uh, I found out that, you know, when Shopify started, they did this whole become a Shopify expert thing where you could register to become a Shopify expert. And I think about 50 people uh, did it from the start, of which Elle was one of them. So she's like one of the founding Shopify experts. Um, and she's been a Shopify expert, according to my notes here, for over seven years and works one-on-one with Shopify clients now all over the world. 
building their businesses. And I, I, Elle's exciting. She's transitioning into the educational space, uh, which is good because, you know, I, I, it's just great, isn't it? That sort of side of things, if you're involved with it. We're just about to release e-commerce masterclass, actually, um, in the next week or two. Uh, all about how to build an e-commerce business um, in this sort of online space. So this sort of educational thing I find quite fascinating and doing these online courses is really quite extraordinary. And if you've got a gift where you can teach, which Elle has, go for it. Check out her courses. Uh, she is on YouTube, has tens of thousands, tens of, thousands of people uh, subscribed to her channel. Um, and she has two courses of her own. Uh, one is called e-commerce in a weekend, which I just think is the best name for an e-commerce course. Uh, one, which I might steal, I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, e-commerce in a weekend, how to set up your site. And the other one is all about traffic, how to get the traffic to your website, both of which have been re-recorded for 2020. So, um, if you are on Shopify, if you are interested in e-commerce, do check them out, do check out Elle's stuff. We'll link to it in all the show notes. Um, but of course you might go, well, who's Elle? Why would I want to go to a course? Well, we're going to find out who Elle is. We are going to enjoy our interview with Elle because um, she just helps entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs all over the world uh, get get going without the overwhelm. Uh, and so let me, without further ado, press a button here, which I'm hoping is going to bring the beautiful Ellen. Hey, Elle, how are we doing? Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, it's great. Now, um, everyone can see you now. And I'm just checking everyone can hear you, which they can, Woo, which is okay. great. So <laughs> I, I should say it goes without question. If you are on Facebook Live before we get started and you do have questions or comments, do shoot them in the comments. They will pop up on my screen uh, and I'll bring them to Elle as we go through. So Elle, I gave a rather long-winded introduction to you, to your good self there, but there's a lot to say. Um, and where, but you're, you are in the States right now, right? Yeah, so I'm right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, um, I remember this because you're not really a country music girl. No, I'm really not. Is, I, it, is I that like allowed in Nashville? Like, I don't, I don't, did they let you in? Is that? Right, yeah. <laughs> There's all the bars there are pretty much country music. So me liking K-pop, it doesn't really fit in as much. But. <laughs> you could start a new bar, a new trend. Right. Uh, you, you and three other people might be in it, but it, it'll be fun. <laughs> At least. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being here. And um, I was super psyched to get a, a Shopify expert on the show because I appreciate we've got this e-commerce podcast and we occasionally we do talk about Shopify, uh, but we've not talked about Shopify for ages. And so it was very timely that we, you know, we got in touch with you or uh, we connected uh, to talk about Shopify. So thank you for being here. Um, and you've been around... Did I get it right? You've been a Shopify expert for seven years. Yeah. So I've been exclusively just with Shopify for seven years, building out on their platform. I started about 10 years ago with e-commerce and I did a lot of like WordPress and other platforms. And then I've just really kind of hitched my, my uh, horse to the Shopify wagon at this point, seven years in. So uh, that's, that's fascinating. So what made you, uh, sort of nail your master Shopify. What was it about Shopify that made you go, that's what I am happy with right there? So I originally found Shopify whenever I had my own uh, wedding invitation business that I was creating and I needed a place to sell my wedding invitations online. And I came across Shopify and I'd already gone through a couple other platforms at that point. And I was wowed by them at that. And that was like eight, nine years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's like, really vastly improved now but even then they just seemed to be a lot further ahead of other competitors and i really liked what they were doing and i think they they keep me around because they keep changing and adding all these new functionality and it's like wow you guys are really doing a great job they definitely are, are one who innovate on their platforms you can't yeah you can't deny that i mean the 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 ease of the service is just unbelievable how you can literally sign up uh, online and 20 you know, within 20 minutes, have your store up and running. It's just incredible how they've managed to do that. And yeah. so you started out, that intrigued me. I didn't know that you started out with a wedding invitation business. How, how, how do you, um, how do you, how do you get involved in wedding invitation? I mean, what started that? 
So my degree is actually in web development, um, and I went to a four-year college for that. And like the second year of school, I was like, I love web design, but I need a creative outlet. I love drawing and hand lettering, and so I just knew that I needed to do something. And wedding invitations seemed like a way where I could still be creative but make some money. Um, so that's kind of where I started going that route. Now, I after I kind of fell in love with Shopify, I just moved forward with Shopify and kind of ditched the wedding business. Okay. Um, and have just been doing web development ever since. Okay. Uh, but it was just something to get your sort of your feet in the water, your toe in the water, if you like, with the web exactly. implementation business. Okay. That's fascinating. And so um, you've always been doing web design. That was your degree. So uh, you've, you've always been doing it. Um, and then you sort of came across, like you say, the Shopify thing and, and have stayed with it ever since. What's been... Um, the biggest surprise, I guess, from Shopify for you, if you were to think back over the last seven years, sort of the one thing where you go, that was an absolute stroke of genius that, that really. I would say their sales channels, being able to connect to Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Amazon, um, and be able to sell your items in your store on other platforms. Um, I know for myself and my clients being able to sell on Instagram was really huge and a game changer for a lot of people. Um, so I think where they're innovating and continually adding in new sales channels, Pinterest was just kind of redone a few weeks back. Um, so now you can easily link up Pinterest to your Shopify store as well. And I think that's where they're really continually uh, keep innovating there. Yeah. They, they keep pushing it, don't they? They really do, which is fantastic. Yeah. Really fantastic. So if that was the biggest surprise, what's been the biggest disappointment? Hmm. I don't know. The biggest disappointment, sometimes I do think they are slow to do some things. Um, like I personally have been requesting things for the last like 10 years <laughs> um, and they still haven't added it in. So I guess it doesn't matter at this point. Okay. Um, but I think they're they're very fast to innovate some things, but yeah. other things that I think are more helpful for especially brick and mortar stores, they're a little bit slower to integrate on the point of sale system. Yeah. Now they're making good headway, but I would say that sometimes the point of the sale is kind of a little bit more of a last thought, it seems like. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that we talked about on our pre-call, uh, and the, the sort of the title for the show came out of it because uh, I was excited to talk to a Shopify expert. Um, if there is one question I get asked predominantly more than any other question from e-commerce entrepreneurs, specifically ones that have a Shopify site, right? So um, I get asked this question over and over again. I've got traffic, but I've got no sales how do I change that? Right. It's, it's going to be some kind of combination of those two things. I figured out the traffic thing and I've, but I've not got the sales thing. Um, and whenever someone says that to me, the first question I ask them is, are you on Shopify? And they'll say, yes, 99 times out of a hundred. I do think it is a peculiar, um, Shopify sort of conundrum for want of a better expression. Uh, I have a theory about why this is. Um, uh, but, the, I'm just curious, is this just me? Is this something that I've noticed or is this a common thing? It's very common. I would say that this is also my number one question that I get asked. Oh, good. Um, I launched my store and I don't have any sales or traffic yet. So I think where it's nice that with Shopify, you can get started so quickly. I think because of that, a lot of times people don't actually take the time to really think through about what they're going to create on their store, what their products are going to be, who their ideal customer is. And so because of it, it just ends up kind of more like a hodgepodge kind of store and it doesn't really have a clear vision. And I think that's kind of the, the beauty of Shopify and also the curse is that people aren't really having to grind and, and really figure out the website before launching. Yeah, it's the, I was doing a, a, um, a, a webinar with some guys uh, this week, last week. I don't even know what, well, it's Monday. No, it would have been last week. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost track already. That's not a good sign. Um, but yeah, last week I was um, doing some uh, stuff with some guys and I, I sort of sat down with them and said, listen, from my point of view, the best web design, best web planning piece of equipment ever made was the pen and paper and just plotting stuff out and thinking things through just on a piece of paper or a whiteboard or, you know, something that's not the actual website software uh, is really the key, right? The key to start. And you're, and you're right that with Shopify, it's, it's so easy that you can just literally go, Oh, okay. And I'll, 
you know, you press a button. Uh, sorry for those yeah. listening to the podcast. I'm doing that sort of press the button <laughs> thing on, on screen. Uh, you're right. I, 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 it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because it is so easy. You can just go straight at it. Um, so I'm really keen then as we've got you here that we just tackle this topic like smack head on, uh, and, yeah, and give some it. great value. Um, because it is quite a common problem. So, um, if you were going to talk to, you know, you've got somebody saying, let's do a bit of a role play. I've come to you. Oh, listen, I've got a Shopify site um, and I've got a traffic come into it, but I'm not really getting any sales. What do I do? What's your, let's, let's go through your top tips. What's, what's, what would be on your list? Well, the very first thing that I would do would be to ask you who your ideal customer is. And I get told so many times that it's everyone or it's, you know, <laughs> women age 20 to 60. And it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It can't be. Okay. Um, why, why so can't first it be? off, it's just too broad and you really have to get a lot more niche. And once you really know who your ideal customer is, then you can incorporate a lot more of that in terms of your imagery, your wording on your site, how you're describing your products. Um, and you can really just hone in and also of course use that on ads. If you're sending traffic through ads on the site, you really have to make sure that you know exactly who your ideal customer is and that you're speaking to them. Um, because it's just going to be, you know, talking to, if my, if I said women age 25 to 45, a 25 year old woman is at a very different part in her life, most likely than a 45 year old woman. And so because of that, I mean, the language is going to be different. The imagery yeah. is going to be different. So it's really important that you know first who your ideal customer is and then just kind of do a whole site audit overall and make sure that you're actually attracting that person to your site. And if they come to your site, that they're going to feel like it was created for them and not just totally random. Oh, that's gold. I'm I'm uh, searching around. I should have had this ready already, but I'm, I don't actually know what I've done with my pen. Um make some notes here so number one is um understand who your ideal customer is so if someone so let's say i mean i have a beauty site right one of the things that we sell online is beauty and i am very clear from the demographic data who my customer is but let's let me let me role play this out a little bit um and say to you listen i'm setting up a beauty site online uh, and you say well who's your ideal customer and i say basically women you know, occasionally men, but basically women are going to come to my site and buy. And you're like, well, hang on a minute, Matt. That's just a little bit too broad, dude, um, between the ages of 25 and 65. Um, how would I how would I scope out who my ideal customer should be then? How would I how would I start to figure that out? So if you've already been selling, you could definitely look at more historical data of who's been purchasing on your site already. Um, But if you're new, getting started with it all, I think really look at what your products are or what kind of products you want to sell and what kind of demographic that they would go to based on their packaging. Um, For beauty, you know, even just talking about makeup, there's different colors that are going to gravitate towards different age ranges. Um, So once you kind of know overall what you're going to be selling, I think you'll kind of figure out who is going to like it the most um, and then be able to either add additional products that hopefully they'll like as well. Or maybe you're going after a few different age groups, but you have kind of a specific stylized collection for each one. So would you, um, cause again, with beauty, it's, it is that industry where, you know, uh, ladies in their twenties will want to buy stuff. Women in their thirties will buy stuff. Women in their forties, women in their fifties, because it is quite a broad mix, would you, and you, and you said, you know, when you understand who your ideal customer is, you're going to be able to target the content of the site much better, you know, with the imagery and the language and how a 45 mm-hmm. year old woman talks very different to a 25 year old woman. Would you then advocates that I segment the site somehow or do you mean how do I how do I cater for those different age groups yeah if you were going to have multiple age groups on your site I would definitely set up a collection for each Mm -hmm. and have products that are catered towards each kind of niche age range of women in there and then have the specific wording so like for the 25 um, age range you could say like Uh, beauty for a night out or kind of saying like get dressed up for a night out with your friends or something along those lines where 35 45 you may have like 
you know, perfect makeup for a date night or something like that. So you could have a, you know, night out collection, date night connect collection, things like that, where you can kind of subtly tie that in um, without just having to scream, hey, if you're a woman in 35, you'll like this. <laughs> Do you think that Make would Make it work? a little more subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a headline I've never tried, and I I wonder yeah. if I should. Um, no, no, I don't actually. If anyone's listening, to it, don't don't try that. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so okay. So the first one then is I've come to you and said, listen, I I don't understand why my site is not generating traffic, and you're you're like, well, hang on a minute. First, who is your ideal customer? Um, I've gone away. I've done a little bit of research around my ideal customer. And then I've come back to the site and I've made some changes, like you say, in terms of the language, you know, a headline aimed at 25 year old women is different to a headline, um, 45 year old women. Is there anything else that I need to think about there? I would think overall of your, like how your imagery is going to look, if you're going to be sending ads to the site, but also on that page on your product page. So embellish the wording a little bit more. I cannot tell you how many times I go to do a store review and their product description reads out like a bullet spec list. And it's so boring and it's so dull. And yes, it is important to know sometimes, you know, with beauty stuff, I want to know how many ounces is going to be in this skincare routine. Um, But I want to know that, okay, this moisturizer is going to make my skin glow like a baby. Like I I want to be sold um, and have more descriptive language than just it's 10 ounce product in a tube. Um, So I think adding a lot more of that kind of more colorful language throughout to where your ideal customer is hopefully reading it and going, Oh yeah, I need this or that. That would be great for me. Yeah. That's such powerful advice. Um, I, I, on my list of things to do shows, future shows on, we're going to do some shows around product pages because like you, I, I am amazed at how little thought goes into the product pages sometimes. And it's like, I don't know if you have, if you've ever been into a store uh, a bricks and mortar store where they've just literally, it looks like they've just vomited the products out onto the shelves <laughs> where they, where they've just gone, there it is, you know, figure it out, F- figure out what you yeah. want, figure out what the price is. And then if you can be bothered, go to the checkout. Um, we don't, you, you don't, you wouldn't see that in any yeah. store. Um, at least stores that I, you know, I've been into recently, but if you went into, um, if you go to a website, it kind of feels that's what's happened. Um, and there's been no thought into, like you say, things like the product description. Um, and, you know, one of the things I've noticed most that people do uh, is they will go to somewhere like um, Shopify. They'll set up a, a Shopify site. Then they'll go to AliExpress. They'll find three or four products on AliExpress, which they like the look of. Copy all that description mm-hmm. and, and paste it. And, it. and it's just, it's soulless copy that is on everybody's yeah. website. And somehow that's supposed to entice me to buy. It's bizarre, isn't it? How we think this is going to work. Um, so no, I think that's dynamite advice. Embellish, which is such a great word, by the way. Embellish uh, wording on the product page. Um, and again, you would, uh, you would, the wording would be geared towards your. Um, target audience, right? Your ideal customer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you had a, an interesting point about the brick and mortar store because I am a totally lazy shopper whenever I go to a brick and mortar store. I can't, I don't have a vision for it. And so I literally will go up to a mannequin and be like, oh, I like this. I'll, I'll take this. Like, this is my size. I would like all the things that this mannequin is wearing. And if you think about it, a lot of stores do that and kind of curate these looks together so that it makes it easier for people to exactly, shop. Yeah. They don't have to go through everything. And so even just on your product page, having like this shirt goes with this jacket or these jeans or whatever it is, and really making it as easy of a process for your customer as possible, um, I think is going to definitely help increase your conversion rates and get more of your ideal customer really interested in your products. Yes. Again, such gold advice. Um, You know, one of the common questions we get asked on skincare products is, can I use this product, this cleanser with this moisturizer? And we're like, goodness me, well, we need to write that on the website. Because if you're actually asking us that question, then 20 other people are thinking it, right? So, um, and you're right, it's just giving that extra information, is it, which makes it so much easier for them. Okay, so step number one uh, is figure out who your ideal customer is. What would step number two be? 
So I kind of combined step number two, which was speaking to your ideal customer and the spec list. Mm -hmm. Um, So just really making sure that you're taking the time and effort. Yes, you can set up a Shopify store super quick, but is it going to be the best version? Um, You were talking about going to AliExpress and pulling products there. There's nothing wrong with drop shipping products, but I would definitely take your own product images. I would write your own product copy uh, and I would not pull what everyone else is pulling because they're, everyone's using the exact same stuff and it's not going to help you at all. And you're not going to get sales because of it. No, and it's there's this thing about standing out, isn't there, and being different. Um, and people still buy people, don't they? They still buy from people yeah. at the end of the day, in, injecting your personality. Um, one of the best pieces of advice we were ever given as a business is, you know, what we we had um we had a friend of mine who uh, worked on the branding of the Jersey Beauty Company website a few years ago, because I realized oh, I'd made a fundamental error. As much as I loved doing e-commerce, I'd made a fundamental error. All the websites that we had um, up until that point, yours truly here had designed. Okay. So I have an ideal customer who is female. 95% of my clients are female and they fall into the 35 to sort of 45, 50 bracket range. Okay. So these, they're, they're definitely professional. Um, they've definitely got a few quid to spend because the products aren't cheap. They've all got iPhones. Do you know what I mean? It's you, you yeah. can sort of pick them out. I know where they live in the UK. And, um, and so I was like, I had a little epiphany. Um, we have this website designed by a fella, you know, fast approaching 50, uh, which is, which is not, it's not who we're selling to. Let's just be real. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and so I went to a friend of mine who actually, they're a company based in Texas. Uh, and I said to him, listen, I, I need your female designers to work on our site and to come up with some concepts and ideas and branding. And it, you know what, one, it was totally different to what I would have ever come up with in a million years. Um, two, it really connected with our ideal clients. Um, but three, one of the things he said to me, and I've never forgotten is you've got to inject your values and your personality into this brand. Yeah. Um, and so how do we do that, you know, with imagery and colors and language and how do we, how do we bring that across? And so we definitely stand out from everybody else in the industry. You either like us or you don't, which is, you know, it's, it's polarizing, which is quite nice. Um, but, but our values definitely come across in the copy and in the images. So I really like that. Um, speak to your ideal customer, spec it out and figure that out and inject your personality into it. Don't, don't be like everyone else. Yeah, because you really do get people to where they get really connected to you and they feel like they know you. Um, just reading about the about page on your site. So many people just undervalue the about page on their website. And it's typically one of like the top five, like performing pages on your site. So really take the time to add in, you know, pictures of you, pictures of behind the scenes process, what inspired you to start the business. If you're hand making it, definitely include some shots or a video of you actually hand making the product really take the time and don't just throw up, you know, a a paragraph about what your value is of of what kind of products you're trying to get. But, you know, start with your why of of why you were even wanting to start this business. Yeah. Yeah. Again, search valuable advice. I've seen that like you time and time again, the about us page. And the other thing I'd maybe throw in there um, is actually if you're small, celebrate being small. Don't try and look big. Yeah. um, On the about us page. If you're small, just, don't be afraid to to talk about you and your family or whatever's going on around you. Um, because actually a lot of people don't mind small, small usually means yeah. much better customer service. Right. Um, and you don't get lost in this sea of nothingness uh, with the bigger companies. And of course, you know, there's all the ethics isn't there involved in it yeah. as well. But um, so don't underestimate the value of the about us page. I think is brilliant. Yeah. yeah, it is one of the top five pages that people will view. And uh, what's, have you, I appreciate I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here and we've gone a little bit off track. Um, Have you got, can you think of an example of an about us page that you have looked at and gone, my goodness, they've done that well? Let me see. I know I was on the, um, I love shopping for different social causes. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times I'll go to their about us page. I was recently purchasing some Toms the other day um, and they're, 
the Tom's shoes, their page with all their social proof or their social causes that they have. I always really like how they've incorporated videos and images throughout. Um, but even if you don't have that, I think just showing, you know, a headshot and saying who you are and why you're starting the business is going to be just fine starting yeah. out. Yeah, no, that's fair play. Uh, Tom's shoes are, are such an inspiring company, aren't they? Yeah. I think they've done a, a lot done. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely remarkable. Um, have you read his book? Um, Blake's I, I book. listened to it on, on Audible. Yeah. yeah. Start something that matters. Um, I th- mm-hmm. And I think if you're actually starting an e-commerce business, that's probably one of the books I think you should read. Yeah. Um, because it, 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 I think it just is life altering in some respects. It's very, very good. Um, okay. So uh i don't know actually i'm saying you know we've got point number one point number two i don't know how many points are actually <laughs> on your list so just... right um i think we're on point number three now okay. um but it's hard to say this and i don't want it to come off being mean but sometimes your products just aren't good and that's why it's not selling um i see this so many times with people especially that are doing drop shipping okay. and they have gotten a product that's clearly like a one two dollar product and then they're trying to upsell it for twenty dollars yep. and they didn't change the image they didn't change the copy you can tell and it's just not going to be sold because people aren't fools they've they've seen this kind of going on um, so really just make sure that, you know, yes, you want to make sure you have that healthy margin, but make sure that you're getting products, especially if you're drop shipping, that you actually order the products first and make sure that they're actually going to be good quality yeah. and that your customer is going to actually like it. And you're not going to get a bunch of returns as well as just that you're displaying them correctly on your site. So I think it's a little easier if you're hand making them or if you yourself have made the products. Um, I think if you are in the process of actually creating the products, you're probably going to have a lot better of a, a product itself and a product page that accompanies it uh, versus using drop shipping where you're just trying to build off of that. Yeah. So uh, I don't think that's harsh at all. I okay. I think you were very <laughs> gentle, actually. Okay, I'm not lie. I've definitely been harsher. <laughs> um, so how would you know... Um, whether or not your product is good. I mean, how would you, what would be some, I mean, I know you talked about, you know, quality and trying to sell something which you bought for $2 for $20. That's not going to work out, but, um, but how, how do you know you've actually got a product that's going to get some kind of demand that's going to get some kind of traction that is good. It's one of the the big questions I think with e-commerce, isn't it? Yeah, I think a lot of that goes into doing some research and not just immediately putting products on your site, but actually like if you have an email list, start building that up with your audience or even just social media where you're testing different products, even just testing different patterns or designs on the same product. So you know before you go to market what design is going to perform better than others, as well as, you know, just testing out, you know, you're going to have some ideas that aren't as good as others. Um, even once you launch it on your site, I see so many times with like a print on demand business where they're selling a bunch of t-shirts, they'll have, you know, maybe two or three winners. And then there's like 10 t-shirts that it doesn't look like anyone's buying. Um, so you will still have that. I think of some products people gravitate more towards, but the more that you can research and even just asking your friends or family that happen to be in that ideal customer range for you of what they honestly think about your product is really helpful as well. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and just be brutally honest with yourself. And, you know, don't try and, I don't know if you have this expression in the States. In England, we have this, this phrase which says, don't try and flog a dead horse. Um, meaning don't no, try and sell it. Yeah, it's it. Um, it's one of those things where I think if if it's bad, just admit it's bad and yeah. move on. Just be brutally honest with yourself. If no one's buying it, it's main, it might be because it's, like you say, it's a bit of a rubbish product. Um, yeah. So, you know, like, okay. So do research, research around the products. Very, very good advice, top tips. But what happens if you're... Um, you mentioned there if you are making the product yourself, um, I, I guess if there's some kind of handcrafted product, like, I don't know, jewelry or even beauty, you know, there's there's a lot of people now make soaps and uh, bath, bombs, bath and, yeah. bombs and all that sort of stuff. Um, what would you, what would your approach be if you like, well, how did you do it, say, with your wedding invitations? Was that a good product, do you think? 
Let's grant you a selling that. I was very young um, at that time in my business, so I would not say that that was the biggest success, but I would say for that, really, like, especially if you're creating it, start getting feedback throughout the whole process and making sure that you're, you know, showing it in front of your ideal customer, even if it's just a random Facebook group, maybe it's a business group that you're in that has a couple hundred people that are your ideal customer and just showing it and saying, hey, I I'm interested in selling this on my site. I would love to hear your honest feedback and opinion. Um, sometimes people are full of opinions. And then whenever you ask them for like, okay, I, I can take your credit card now um, to purchase this, then they all go quiet. Um, so sometimes the best proof of knowing if a product's going to sell or not is to actually just put it on your site and try and sell it. Um, and that's where it may be beneficial to maybe put a little bit of kind of money in your budget to do some tester like Facebook ads or Instagram ads just to test it out first to see um, before you really start heavily pushing that design. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's brilliant. Very, very good. Okay. What's step number four? If, if I've so, made it this far and I'm not crying in a corner. <laughs> right. Um, I would say that you may be on the wrong platform. So everyone, whenever I ask them if they're doing any paid advertising, everyone instantly says, Facebook or Instagram. And yeah. there's so many other platforms that you could use that maybe work better for your ideal customer. So you can advertise on Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, YouTube, Google, and there's so many other places where you could advertise that maybe will be a better fit for your products or your ideal customers hanging out there. And Facebook ads can get a little bit expensive, same with Instagram. So if you can save yourself a little bit of money and maybe reach your audience in a different way, I think that's always helpful to try out. Now, that's really good because I think the default is, all, I mean, again, Shopify are very good at educating you on how to do Facebook advertising. I think it's one of the things they've done quite well. So if you were going to set up a Shopify site, um, they, they get you into the, this is how you do Facebook advertising. And, you know, you can use our sell on Facebook, sell on Instagram feature, which is cool. Um, and so I've noticed a lot of people who come to me and say, I've got traffic, but no sales. And well, where do you get that traffic from? A lot of it is I've paid 400 bucks and I've got traffic coming in from Facebook. So they've invested their money in that. Um, and like you say, it gets expensive. It's the default. It's very competitive now. Um, it doesn't, I, I think Facebook advertising for me is remarkable um, still, but it is definitely not what it was. Um, yeah. Definitely not what it was. So how do you figure out then? And I, I kind of know what the answer is going to be. And I appreciate I'm leading myself in, into this, but that's okay. <laughs> Let's open the door and see where it goes. How do you figure out what a good platform is for you to advertise on? So I apologize. I feel like I'm saying the same thing, but it really comes down to ideal customers. So for example, that. that's fine. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Pinterest as a platform um, for a lot of different reasons for paid ads. Uh, it's cheaper to run paid ads on. Uh, it's specifically a lot more female based and they're a lot more likely to shop where Facebook is more people just kind of scrolling through uh, their feed. Also with Pinterest, your pins actually live forever where Facebook, as soon as you turn off the ad, like poof, that's it. The ad probably won't be seen again. Um, unless you had posted on, on your page, but even then your reach goes down where Pinterest, you can put $20 to promote a pin and it could still be a really great viral pin for you a year down the road okay. and it just keeps building up. So I think it's really helpful, but to your question, I think a lot of that does go to your ideal customer. So you know, you can advertise on Snapchat, but if your ideal customer is 45 year old women, probably Snapchat won't be the best platform for you. Um, that would probably be a Pinterest or a Facebook. So really just thinking through of who your ideal customer is and also what kind of assets you have available, because I've seen a lot of different um, YouTube ads that have just been really not the best. Um, and so if you're going to put in some money for a YouTube ad, make sure you do have a, a little bit higher quality yeah. production for that. So if you're not there and you don't want to do video yet, that's okay. Just don't do YouTube yet. Do another platform to start with. Yeah. And so, um, uh, pin, I mean, Pinterest ads are interesting because I think they're still quite new. Have you got a lot of experience doing ads on Pinterest? Have you run some successful campaigns? Yeah, I've run successful campaigns for myself and a couple different e-commerce businesses as well. Um, I know for my web development business, 
they have gone amazingly well um, because I have different like free guides or like webinars that I'm promoting and I can create a pin that talks to that and kind of leads into that lead magnet. And then that's kind of where I was talking about of spending $20 and still a year later, people are pinning it every single day. Um, so it's really helpful of, you know, $20 spent a year ago is still working for me now. So, um, so I, I appreciate, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit here, but I'm, yeah. I'm aware that people listening will have heard of Facebook uh, ads I've ever heard of Google AdWords um, and Pinterest I think is one of those things that will for a lot of people it'll be like I've just you know I'm talking a foreign language and it's going woo straight over there um, is it straightforward and simple to do Pinterest advertising can anybody it do the, it or do you need somebody to do it for you no it's definitely really easy um, a lot of times Pinterest actually will give you like a free ad credit and help walk you through the process as well I know right now if you sign up for the Pinterest sales channel app through Shopify so you actually have to go add the Pinterest app on the Shopify app store but if you do that and you've never advertised with Pinterest before you can actually get a hundred dollar ad credit um, which is really helpful when you're just getting started it is really easy to go through I will say though you don't get as much really detailed targeting as you do with like Facebook advertising so you're it's more kind of broader interest and keywords um, but it is quicker to set up and then you'll kind of from there, it's kind of like where Facebook, you're testing out different ad images. You're going to be doing the same on Pinterest of testing out, you know, maybe three, four different pins for one lead magnet and seeing what kind of optimizes and, and works the best. Okay. So the similar sort of rules obviously apply to doing yeah. it as they would across other social channels. Um, well, that's interesting that you can get that ad credit with the Shopify app. So definitely worth checking that out and having a go. Are there some... Uh, where would you go to find more resources about that? If people are listening, go, oh, I want to know more about that. Um, that Have you done anything on your YouTube channel about it? Yeah, I have a couple different, I have a whole playlist on my YouTube channel about how to connect in with Pinterest for your Shopify store. And I just did a recent video. Um, it's like four minutes long on how to add in the new Pinterest app because it's so fast and easy. Uh, I think you do have to spend $25 to get the $100 ad credit, but it's still a win. Still a win. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so do check. We'll link to that in the show notes. We'll link to your video playlist in the show notes and people can get that and grab that and have a little play around with it. Um, so think about different ad channels. Um, so we've talked about your ideal customer, speaking to your ideal customer, having products that aren't rubbish, um, and then uh, obviously making sure that where you're advertising actually makes sense for you and for, you, you know, you're going to where your ideal customer's at aren't you really? Yeah. Um, and doing that in a way that the, the, the most makes the most sense for you and your business. And the default of Facebook and Google doesn't always mean it's the, the best for you and your business. Um, yeah. Do you advertise your courses? So for those that are selling digital products, do you advertise your courses on uh, channels other than Facebook and Google? You mentioned Pinterest, I think that you do it on there. Yeah. So I do on Facebook, Pinterest and Google. Okay. And again, Pinterest works well for the digital courses, the digital aspects of life. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of that, if you're going to do a digital course on Pinterest, I would more start with a lead magnet mm -hmm. and get them to sign up for a free guide or join a webinar and then kind of get through your final system there. If you're going to do Pinterest for e-commerce, I would just pin your product images. Um, one thing I would keep in mind, just kind of like with Facebook, a product laying on a white background is not going to do well. You need to make sure it's a lifestyle shot. It's some kind of engaging content that's going to grab people's eyes more. Um, hopefully there's maybe a model wearing something. If it's a, a clothing piece, it's definitely going to work better than just a, a flat lay. Oh, it's because it's an image. I mean, Pinterest is very image orientated, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And so you've got to, like with YouTube, you've got to invest in the video. On Pinterest, you've got to invest in the image quality to really make those pop and jump out. Um, yeah. Okay. That's, that's good advice. Uh, so no product shots just on a white background, uh, unless you just want to throw money out the window, you know, have a, yeah. okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's a little too boring for Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't be boring. Rule number one. There's a book title right there. Don't be right. too boring for Pinterest. Um, <laughs> that should, we should do a podcast on that. That that's a great podcast title. Don't be too boring for Pinterest. How to oh, win it. Yeah. Pinterest advertising. Um, so we've got um, those four points. Have we got any more on your list? 
Yes, I have my last one, which is also a little bit more harsh. Um, and that's that like maybe, harsh. right? Maybe your site design is not very good. And that's what's caught. I'm trying to be so nice about it. I'm like, maybe you're not doing a, a good site have design. You, have you ever, is that, you know, when you talk to clients on the phone and they come to you and they, you, you know, they, can I help, can you help me with my Shopify? And you're like, sure, we can work with you. Uh, and you look at it and, and, and do you actually word it like that? Do you actually say, well, maybe your website design is not very nice. Is that what you Yeah. Oh. I always try and add in some Southern charm so that way they don't get too mad, but it's always like, there's some improvements we could definitely do here. <laughs> um, that's where you start with. But yeah, I think a lot of times people are like, well, why is no one, you know, purchasing from my site? And it's just, you go to the site and you're like, oh my God, I don't even know where to look. Yeah. Everything's overwhelming. Like, uh, for example, yesterday I saw a Facebook ad um, that was a t-shirt that had like save the bees on it. And I love outdoor stuff. So I was like, Ooh, save the bees. So I clicked on it and then I went to the site and it had like this bright, like fire truck, red header banner. All of the products were listed as on sale and all of the text on the site was red. And it was just so overwhelming. I was like, I can't get out of here fast enough. Like okay. I, I would like the shirt, but I can't even, it hurts my eyes. I felt like I was going to get a headache. <laughs> So, yeah, top top web design tip: Do not give yeah. your visitors a headache. Headaches are bad. Um, <laughs> Unless you sell Advil, then maybe go for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> right. But I think, I mean, design is very subjective. But I think overall, you want to make sure that your design is not distracting. That you're not going to do these crazy colors that are really hard to see. Overall, I would say probably background colors. You really don't really want to have as much unless it's really subtle. Yeah. Um, I went to a site the other day that was a black color background and white text. And it was just like, why would you, why would you do that? Don't why, do that. Why are we still doing that? Yeah. This was like early 90s. Not the 90s. Why now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also the site, like everything was on sale and it was marked everything half off for a shirt design. So clearly I could tell, you know, I am a little bit more in the industry, but I could tell that, okay, this is a print on design product and they're creating false urgency with on sale products where they're not really on sale. This is just, just their default purpose. And I think a lot of times. Ah, okay. So we have a slight technical issue. Um, let's just give it a few minutes and hopefully uh, Elle will be back. So I, I think there may be sheep on the internet line. Uh, so let's, uh, let's wait just a second. Are you back? Yeah. Oh, good. Did, okay. you, did you lose me in? Yeah, you zoned out for just a little bit. Well, not you, you didn't zone out. The internet kind of zoned you out for a little bit. And you just <laughs> kind of went like that. Did that sort of, you oh, know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. So you were talking uh, pre, pre-pause. Um, you were talking about sites not being very good and you um, you went to a site where there was a, a black background with white text and you're talking about subtle sites and then we got cut off. Gotcha. Sorry. Yeah, I can hear the, the storm raging out my window. So sorry about that. That's <laughs> probably on my end. Um, but in terms of the site that I was mentioning, everything was listed on sale and mm. you just know that everything's not on sale, that it's just a, a gimmick that they're doing to try and get you to purchase. And I think you have to realize that your viewer that's coming to your site is a little bit smarter than that. And they're not going to just instantly fall for everything being 50% off, um, with crazy red text everywhere. So make sure that you're, if you're doing something like that of adding in some kind of urgency or social proof on your site to try and increase your conversions, that you're not going to end up harming your conversions by just making it really ugly yeah. and making people not want to stay on the site. Can, can we talk pet peeves? Because yes. I feel like I feel like there's a soapbox here somewhere and we're, we're probably oh, both about to get on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. And I think, but I think, you know, let's, if you own a Shopify site, um, uh, buckle up because it's about to get rough. Uh, we, we, we might, and it's, to be fair, this is not just Shopify. Um, I've seen sites that are so bad in their design that actually it becomes a selling point for them. That the worse they make it, the more customers they get. It's quite extraordinary. But... We're talking like one out of a million, right? The reality of it is this does not work as a strategy um, for most people. But I, I agree with you. I think, um, Zig, do you know, have you ever heard of a chap called Zig Ziglar? 
is the most cool name ever. Um, he, I always remember listening to him talk once, uh, saying that sales is all about telling the truth attractively, right? That's what sales is. And it's true online and it's true offline. And so I get Uber turned off by the sites that I go to and they're like, you know, 740 people are viewing this product right yes. now. We've got two in stock. Make sure you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they have those little things. Susan from Chattanooga has just purchased this. Fred mm-hmm. from Adelaide has, you know, people literally all over the world are buying this. Pop-ups are coming up on the screen as I look on the site. And then the product has zero reviews. Yeah. So there's no way you've just gone and sold 722. I don't care who you are because you would definitely not have zero reviews. And I feel like I'm being lied to. Sorry, I am going, yeah. I'm on my soapbox right now. Um, and this sort of these pet peeves, isn't it, with design? And and it's easy to install these apps, isn't it? You, you know, yeah. a client said to me the, the other day, should I put this? Um, yeah, have you seen the spin the wheel thing? Spin the, the wheel. Wheelio. Oh, oh my God. That was my pet peeve. I was literally going to say pop-ups as my number one pet peeve. And I was going to say the wheel one. Yeah. It oh, you crazy. go for it. You talk about the wheel and why you shouldn't do the wheel. I think for me, my biggest, I love pop-ups to grow your email list. Like you really need to have your, grow your email list and put attention to it. Even if you're doing e-commerce, I hear so many times people saying, well, I'm just trying to sell products. Why do I need to build an email list? But they really go hand in hand. So I'm not at all trying to say, don't do a pop-up to try and get people to join your email list. But A, give them a reason to join and not be annoyed by the pop-up and also have it delayed. Don't show it instantly whenever they come to the site. I hate whenever I I hit the site page and I haven't even seen the homepage and then I've got a wheel popping up and a thing over here and then people reviewing over here and and then this pop-up over here and it's like, oh my gosh, like I don't even know what this site is, but I've seen four pop-ups in like the first 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. So, um, and all these features that are designed to help people buy are actually, I think people, it turns people off. I think like the spinny wheel thing, I, I know it worked for one or two companies when it first came out because it was new and it was kind of like cool and kitsch. Um, yeah. But then it just became stupid and everybody started to do it. Um, and now it doesn't work. Uh, so how, how do you distinguish then, or how would you figure out out of the countless apps that I could install on my website, all designed to elicit, you know, someone to buy by offering discount codes or give me your email address with discount codes. What apps, um, how do I know which ones are good to choose? What have you seen that works well, if you follow my train of thought? Yeah, I think that's kind of a a downside with Shopify is that they have a great platform, but they have, if you want any kind of additional functionality, you have to get Shopify apps for, which Shopify apps can really slow down your site. If you have a bunch of them on there, they can really hike up your monthly cost of the Shopify. So you really just want to be mindful from that point of view, but also you don't want to have too many things going on so that it's going to annoy your customers. So I would say really think through of how you're going to add value. So a lot of times I would do maybe just an email pop-up after they've gone on at least one page of your site. Mm -hmm. So they're on a second page of your site already, maybe then do an email pop-up and either offer a discount code or some kind of lead magnet that'll entice them. Um, and then I think having an app that's going to really be valuable and helpful for them in their journey is good, like a, a wish list functionality or a rewards program, something like that that's just giving value and not coming off as spammy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely test the other things if you want to see how that affects your conversion rate. But I think overall, just making sure that you're really taking the time to describe what your products are and then also think through of that customer journey so a lot of times i've seen the biggest kind of change for people in increasing their conversions on their site is having like an upsell app so that's probably the one that going back to your question that i would recommend would be one that you would do so that way if you know you bought a pair of tennis shoes it's then gonna have a upsell for you of do you need this three pack of socks Mm -hmm. so you're just kind of adding that uh, average order value and you're increasing that on the site in subtle ways where you're still providing value and trying to be helpful for your customer and you're not going to be like tracy bought this and you might like this too and then it just gets a little more spammy yeah yeah okay so um if i can just repeat back what I've heard um, 
basically the apps that you use on a Shopify site or should begin with should be the the sort of the bread and butter, the tried and tested ones of uh, the pop-up to get the email address, but only after you've been on a couple of pages of the website um, and the upsell apps, you know, that, that aren't spammy. Um, start with those and then see how your conversion's doing. And then you can play with other ones one at a time and just see see how yeah. it works. Um, I think that's great advice. I think the only thing that I would add to that is remember that sales is telling the truth attractively. We're not trying to con people. And I think people will see yeah. through that um, in a, in a big way. Uh, and they're just instantly turned off by it. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think whilst you, you apologize for being harsh, I think it's it, actually, we need to be harsher on people like that because it's, yeah. uh, we have a word for that. It's called con artist and, um, it's, it's, it's not great. So don't try and con people. Um, especially if you want to build a long-term relationship with those customers, yeah. Uh, would be my. I'm. I'm not as apologetic about being harsh. Have sorry. <laughs> well, I um, think that's kind of part of the problem, though, is that people are looking for just selling one time to a customer. Where if I'm going to spend money on ads, yeah. I don't want this customer to buy one time. I want them to buy five times for me every year, yeah. and I want to keep engaging them. So it's more valuable for me to not just annoy them with all these other things and these kind of con spammy practices and to really just build up that brand and be more authentic and, and transparent with them. Very, very good advice. I like that. I like that a lot. So we've got, uh, I'm just I'm going through my notes here because I've been taking notes as we go along, pen and paper, <laughs> still analog uh, in some respects. Um, so I've got my notes here in terms of, figuring out who your ideal customer is, doing the research, figuring that out. Um, I've, I've written a word down here twice. You've mentioned it twice. You mentioned it once at the start of the show and uh, just recently, and that's the word upsell. What do you mean by upsell? So think about it kind of like um, the mannequin example for a brick and mortar store. Like if I came in just for one top, and I'm like, okay, I, I want that top. But then I see, oh, but that top goes really well with this necklace and this jacket. And then it's a whole ensemble. Well, then I may be more likely to actually get those as well, where without seeing it, I wouldn't necessarily maybe put it together or even know that those existed. Yeah. So really trying to think through of your customer's journey on your site and give them products that they are most likely going to like and hopefully add to the cart. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we do want them to purchase from the site but you also want them to have a good experience and you want them to feel like you knew who they were, you knew what products they would like and you kind of curated the whole experience for them. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So, um, and so upselling actually from your point of view, I, there's a couple of things you said, which I really liked. One was, I don't want somebody to buy from me just once. I want them to buy from me four times this year or how many times it makes sense for your product. Um, and also when they come, I don't want them to just buy one thing. I want them to buy you know, multiple items and increase their average order value uh, to really maximize the value of them shopping on the site. I mean, um, it sounds, you know, when I say it out aloud and I hear myself saying that, that sounds really simple and obvious. Do, right. do, do you know what I mean? It, 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 it just sounds really simple and obvious, but you kind of think, so why, why aren't more people doing it? Why, why am I not doing that as good as I can? Um, and I, I wonder, um, and maybe you can comment on this, do you find that a, a lot of people are searching for the, the magic silver bullet rather than focusing on the core essentials uh, yeah. first? Yeah, I cannot tell you how many emails and YouTube comments I get of, hey, can you just look at my site real quick and tell me what I need to change? And there's not a quick fix. Like you need to, you know, put in some elbow grease. You need to actually dive into your whole kind of store. Yes, you can set it up in, you know, a day, but it's not going to be the best version in a day. And so really just taking the time to build everything out and think through the whole process, I think is going to, and, you know, doing those foundational things of really thinking through of what complementary products you have that you could kind of guide people through together. Mm. No, that's good. That's good. Um, so, uh, Number one, figure out your ideal customer. Number two, speak to your ideal customer 
Uh, number three, make sure your product is not rubbish. Um, <laughs> it's a very English way of putting it. Uh, number four, make sure you're advertising on the right platform. And number five, at least make sure your website isn't pants, right? Is not, yeah. um, is not also rubbish um, and be brutal with the design. Um, and don't try and con people would be, have, have yeah. I summarized that? Yeah, absolutely. Fairly? I think, I think overall, like you said, it's not going to be a quick fix. You really need to kind of look at it from a whole perspective, but even just kind of going down the list, starting with ideal customer and then moving on, you know, into there. Once you know who your ideal customer is, are they going to like your products? Are they going to like your site or are they going to run for the hills? Um, what platform are they on? I think it all really comes back to just making sure that you take the time to really think through um, who you're building the store for, who your products are for. That's fantastic. So, um, El, thank you so much for sharing your your insight and wisdom on this, because I, I, like I said at the start of the show, for me, this is a very common problem. Uh, it's a very common question. And I think actually the advice that you shared will help a lot of people and a great place to start for a lot of people. Um, so how do, how do people connect with you? How do they get in touch with you if they want to reach out and, and see what other stuff you're doing? How do they do that? Yeah, so they can go to CuriousThemes.com, which is my business URL, and I post videos every week on YouTube specifically about Shopify and e-commerce and online marketing tutorials, as well as I have some free guides there. And as you mentioned before, I have two different online courses specifically for Shopify and setting up your store and then how to grow it from there. Fantastic. So the courses that you do... Um, the, the what was it called e-commerce in a weekend i, I like the mm -hmm. title there do you talk about this sort of stuff in there or is it just much more practical this is how you set up your shopify store so we do talk about ideal customer in there but it is the e-com in a weekend is very practical of this is how we set up your products this is how we set up collections menus and take you through the whole process we definitely get into that a little bit more in our second course which is the traffic blueprint and just hone a little bit more into who your ideal customer is, and then bringing that in through email marketing, paid advertising, social media, and so on. Great. And so they can find out more about the courses uh, if folks are interested at your website, curiousthemes.com. Yeah, right? that's correct. Awesome. And we will link, of course, to all of that in the show notes. We'll link to your site. We'll link to the courses and um, your YouTube channel. Uh, so do check those out. Oh, listen, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Really, really appreciate it. It's been great to get to know you. Great to meet, great to connect. Uh, love doing the podcast because you get to literally meet people all over the world uh, with a shared passion for e-commerce, which has been fantastic. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, and all the best with the courses and the YouTube channel. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Al. Thank you. So what did you think about that? Wasn't Al fantastic? Uh, I really, like I said, just to really appreciate her taking the time, time to come and join us. Um, and just honest, being really straightforward and practical and helpful with everything that is going on uh, in, in the world of Shopify, which is, which is great, isn't it? So do check out Al's YouTube channel. It's a great channel. Um, very practical, very helpful, and you can really easily connect with her through that. She does respond on the comments, so do have at it and, and, and get in touch with her that way. And uh, like I said, we will put a link to the YouTube channel and uh, the Curious Themes website in the show notes. And you can check all of those out on my website, mattedmondson.com. We will point you in the right direction. Just go there uh, when the podcast is live and all of that information will be there. So, uh, so yes. Uh, do um, do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spotify. I almost said Shopify instead of Spotify. So, you know, it is it is one of those things, isn't it, where uh, <laughs> you talk about something a lot and it comes out. Anyway, wherever you get your podcasts from, do make sure you subscribe because we continually put out a lot of this free content, really helpful stuff. We have some amazing guests on the show who are just super helpful and super lovely and super generous with their experience and their expertise. Uh, and you can get all of that for free just by subscribing to the show. And as I said to you previously, do uh, check us out on Facebook uh, if you want to watch the Facebook Lives when we record these interviews. We do record them a couple of weeks before they go live out 
um, and you get sort of early access and can, you know, get involved in the conversation. Why not have at it? See how it goes. Uh, it has been great talking to you today. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. As I said, my name is Matt Edmondson. Do check out the website mattedmondson.com for all of the show notes, all of the transcripts, and we'll put all the links to where you can subscribe to literally everything uh, to do with the show on the website. If you are driving, just don't worry about taking notes. Head on over. All the notes will be on there for you. And you can put all of those things into practice, which Ella's talked about uh, and more. And check out previous shows. We've got some great guests coming up. Uh, really, really excited by some of the guests that are coming up. Trust me, they're going to be fantastic. Uh, but all that's left for me to say is uh, happy e-commercing. And I hope uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, Uh, with your online business it is growing and doing well that is all from me thank you and good night ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with matt edmondson join us next time for more interviews tips and tools for building your business online